Welcome to Time Travelling Team, the weekly podcast where we review every story of Doctor Who right from the very beginning. I'm Trisha. And I'm Paddy. In today's special rambling on the TARDIS, we take a look back at Dodo. We will be talking about her strengths, her weaknesses, and picking out her best and worst episodes. We would also love to hear your thoughts on Dodo. To join on the discussion, you can check us out at Time Team, that's T-I-M-E-T-E-A-M-P, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, or you can email us at timetravellingteam at teamproductions.com. So... Dodo. Dodo, gone the way of the dodo. I was wondering how long it would take one of us to make that joke. <laughs> I it was unintentionally timed that you were drinking as I said that. So <laughs> Um Yeah, so Dodo Chaplet. I would I would venture so far as to say we hardly knew ye. Yeah, no, I would I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, so like as many of the as any or as our regular listeners are ugh, as our regular listeners are aware, and for our newer listeners, we break down the companions that after they leave the show, and uh, we discuss their high points, their low points, and their strengths and their weaknesses, and what makes them what. So with Dodo, I don't know about you, Trish, but I, I honestly found it kind of hard to find a like you know a best and a worst episodes, because what I would consider Dodo to be is a very moment-based companion yeah no i would agree i was able to identify worst episodes i think that's easier yeah Yeah. best episodes however i had moments or maybe an entire episode out of a story but not the story as a whole that type of thing yeah she she wasn't she wasn't because the way that she was written and the way that she was developed she never got a chance to carry a section a huge section of a story or a story by herself yeah yeah so it, it's quite difficult like particularly when you compare her to someone like vicky or susan or barbara yeah she didn't have the same dedication to her character that they had mm-hmm. so it's going to be quite interesting but what we can do to stay on form is the strengths and weaknesses i think that you know we we very much can do so yeah Start with the positive. We have her strengths. So, by what did you have as Dodo's strengths? So, first and foremost, she's a bit of a spitfire in the sense of mm. um, when Steve, like Stephen, comes in. <laughs> again, we're talking about Stephen. Stephen comes in, and you know he starts kind of like it's like that thing you know, lock eyes, established dominance type thing, where he comes yeah. back onto the TARDIS, and she's like not having any of it. And then she's first out the door the minute they land on the Ark uh, after raiding the Doctor's wardrobe. So, like, I think she's meant to be like a bit of a cockney lass. And yeah. there's no there's no fear in her. Also, as we see in the Savages, like when her back's to the wall, like she's not afraid to pick up a piece of like equipment and just start swinging around. <laughs> um, also, I think one strength that she has is her empathy, which we get to see at various points. Now, sometimes it's for you know sometimes it leads to good things or times it leads to bad things so her empathy i think it is a dual-sided thing like steven's um kind of impulsiveness that it is kind of there will be moments where it does lend itself to being a weakness as well but that being said having empathy is always a good thing to see in a doctor who companion yeah and i think that's pretty much it Uh, and as i said like that just that great sense of adventure where it's like what wherever they land, there never seems to be a complaint out of her. Yeah, yeah. So I agree on all of those. Mine that I have down for me, the one that stands out the most is her empathy. 
she's very empathetic in a way that comes across as incredibly genuine and in a way that is consistent throughout so we mentioned last time that like Stephen cared a lot about people he cared about yeah but if he didn't have a connection to you he didn't give a shit yeah whereas Dodo shows empathy for pretty much everybody which is great like it comes across as incredibly genuine and it's consistent throughout the entire run you know like in the arc obviously she was incredibly upset at the idea that she may have inadvertently infected all of these people with a virus that could kill them hmm. and there was no sort of how to put it you know what do you mean they don't have a cure for the common cold like what do you mean that they, it was all just you know i can't believe i did this it's yeah. my fault hmm. she can be quite fearless which is good i say can because she isn't always but then again no one should ever always be fearless there should always be some level of fear i think to keep you from doing something stupid but like you know the way that she it's kind of weird because like, we, we've described how steven and in some ways the doctor didn't treat her very well yeah the doctor regularly treated her like a child even though she's not a child and steven we've already said treated her like shit most of the time but it's not that she spoke back to them with the exception of that one moment with Stephen. It's mm. not that she gets all sort of like, you know, what's it to you with the Doctor and Stephen all the time. Mm. But you can tell by looking at her, there are moments where she just fucking rolls her eyes at them and it's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like she doesn't, she's not confrontational. No. About it. She just lets it roll off her back, which is good. And the last thing I have about her is... She can be very observant and insightful. I think it probably comes to the fore the most in The Savages. Yeah. When she you know, she realizes there's something weird about where they are. Yeah. And she won't let it go. And she picks up on that thread and she follows through with it. Yeah. So I think that's something that they didn't go into as much as they probably should have. Was that she's very observant. Mm-hmm. Like if this if this society is so perfect, why do you need armed guards? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know? And like she questions things that the doctor probably would question. Mm. But unfortunately she and the doctor didn't have that many scenes together, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um but Stephen wasn't questioning them. No. Do you know? The doctor was off schmoozing. Yeah. Um so that I think that's it for Dodo, you know, she's very empathetic, fearless. She took to the wonders of space and time very easily. <laughs> oh, did she what? Like, literally, like, no questions asked, almost. Um, and she's an incredibly observant and insightful person. Mm. Absolutely. Um, oh, I just wish, like... See, my weaknesses now, they're going to... They are going to gonna sum up, for me, the, the whole kind of Dolo experience. And that... Like, we talked about her being a bit of a spitfire, and... But the thing is, it's just a small bit. Because yeah. for a lot of the stories, she just lets Stephen like, walk all over her. And it's like, hang on, a, hang on a sec there now. You don't know me. Yeah. I, and she never takes him to task on it the same way that Vicky would have, or Susan would have, or Barbara would have. Um, and it almost feels like Dodo was written to feel a quota, as opposed to... Yeah. 
be a new addition to the the long thread of strong female characters in because like i know that like like we've said that susan had her bad moments but when her good moments were there they were really good so yeah but she also had a good dynamic with everyone yeah in the tardis which i don't think dodo did no and so like i think that yeah as i said that dodo was written just to feel the female quota as opposed to being an actual proper addition to the long line of strong female characters in the show so far which is a shame because that's not the kind of legacy you'd want to have for your character yeah i mean it it almost feels like they said well we need to have a girl yeah and that was it and i wonder how much of that was down in terms of the character and we'll get on to her weaknesses in in detail because i have a few others uh, mm. but like I wonder how much of that is down to the fact that when she was hired, she was hired to be this like cockney, maybe a bit brash mm. person, but the producers said no. You know, BBC English. You know, maybe, you know, give him some credit. Maybe what John Wells had planned for the character, mm. he didn't get to do. Possibly, yeah. Because the BBC said no. You know, maybe the whole idea of her you know, being this sort of cockney spitfire didn't really work when she was just another girl in the TARDIS. Do you know? Yeah. Maybe. If we give John a little bit of credit, which I don't usually do. I think, I think, I think the, well, that might have been, I think they must have changed their attitude towards, you know, BBC English because uh, the person that replaced, one of the people that replaces her, Ben, I wouldn't consider his diction to be BBC English. No, but like there's a difference yeah. in time here and, and stuff like that. Yeah. You know? I also made reference earlier on to like her empathy being a bit of a um, a double sided uh, coin or double sided sword. Uh, is that sometimes her empathy gets it gets a bit too much, as we see. Like, and I think a prime example of that is the the toy maker, because yes, she's very empathetic towards the plight of the the, the their like opponents because they're just as trapped as well some of them are just as trapped as she is but i think that for me no this is just my own type of thing it's that it's a case of once bitten twice shy after seeing that there there's no there's going to be no uh, cooperation between the two sides i would be very wary of wearing my heart on my sleeve for the rest of that adventure but that's just me you and i disagree on her empathy in that one so yeah, because like, like, I think like a good example of that is like um, with Cyril, because like, you know that he is cheating, you know that he is out acting the bollocks, and yet you still like, yeah, I know. I think we probably are going to disagree on uh, on this one. Yeah, yeah. I think I think my thing with that is, I've known people and you've known people who are shitty people. Yeah. That doesn't mean you should be a shitty person as well. And you can still be kind to them. So maybe that's why it doesn't bother me quite as much. Yeah, maybe. In terms of her other weaknesses, I mean, I'm sure we can both agree. Her primary weaknesses is the fact that she's completely underdeveloped. Yeah. Um, and I, th- th- I think I think that's pretty much it. It's because she's so underdeveloped is she just seems to be a bit of, um, no, punching bag is too strong of a phrase. But like she's not like a proper foil to Stephen, like she's yeah. she's just there and he and he, like 
in his mind good-naturedly you know ribs her and berates her and all that kind of stuff but it's like no there's a there's a time where it's just being a dick um and she never she never seems to push back yeah and that's the thing i think is missing the most from dodo i think you know the doctor kind of described her very well himself in the gunfighters that stupid story in that she was fast becoming a cliche yeah you know as opposed to being you know we've discussed in the past that you know people say like oh all the classic companions did was scream and you know at least all the classic female companions all they did was scream and get captured you know we proved that that wasn't true mm. with barbara and vicky and susan herself she screamed a lot but you know she also had her great moments yeah but even the doctor says that dodo was fast becoming a cliche as like <laughs> don't don't call attention to it yeah don't don't highlight it the other thing that i think you know has her down as a weakness for me is going back to her being underdeveloped and underutilized she rarely if ever did anything to actually drive the plot maybe one exception which would be the savages mm. where she drove the plot but she drove the plot for one episode yeah um and then that's it do you know um she's just sort of there as part of the scenery i suppose mm. and you know to sort of toss steven the ball so he can score do you know mm. that that's kind of all that she does which is unfortunate yeah i would i would kind of say like, um in terms of being used as a plot point i think she's also used as a plot point a small bit in the war machines but again that, that like the thing about the, the writing for both the savages and uh war machines is that she's used to drive the plot forward a small bit but she's not she's not integral then to the resolution of said plot yeah it's like she gets it started but she has no follow-through mm. do you know yeah like if we're going with like a basketball analogy she's going in for the layup and then just passes to Stephen, <laughs> yeah. or in this case passes to ben and polly mm. at the last second and you're like no you you can do it you can yeah. do it you can drive the plot <laughs> uh, so uh will we move on to her best and worst yes so uh, like we said i don't really have a best story yeah <laughs> i have bits of stories that i thought she was very good in and yeah. i have three cool i have two that, that they're just gonna spring to mind okay so if we've done what we've done in the past and do her least best to yeah. her best 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 yeah so my three are mm-hmm. the celestial toy maker mm-hmm the massacre and the first half of the savages. Cool. Uh, I'm actually there with you on. So I've got two of those three. I've got. I had the savages and the celestial toy maker. Uh, no, I think I might sw- swap them around. But again, because unfortunately, I think it's because she's so underdeveloped in sense of, and those are only fleeting moments in overall stories. I think just to have them there is probably the best thing but i would i would say maybe um no i think i'll stick with savages being number two and celestial toy maker being number one yeah so for me celestial toy maker 
is number three hmm. because again we get some good potential from her her empathy which i really like shines through she takes a couple of risks like sitting in the chair hmm. to just you know we have to solve it i'll sit in the chair and um her thing with the sergeant to get him to help them yeah and whatever all of that is very good but those are tiny slivers yeah. of the story as a whole yeah and again for the most of the story she's deferring to Stephen. yeah so that would be my read on the celestial toy maker for the massacre i think it's just her whole introduction at the end i said it at the time it made me really interested i really wanted to know who this person would be you know not taking anything from anybody and not really overwhelmed by the fact that this box is humongous mm. when she goes into it and there was just such great potential there you know for me that small bit at the end told us probably more about this character than all of her episodes yeah. we get her compassion there as well because the whole reason was that someone got hurt and so she was going for help mm. um and then for the savages the first half of the savages where we get to see her investigating and her questioning and then that stops <laughs> as soon as steven finds out what's happening it sort of comes to an end so those were my reading on the three so you said you did savages is second best yeah. and toy makers best also i just um wanted to bring to attention um her a strength that she had i would have to say is her impeccable fashion sense because no matter where she landed with the exception of maybe the arc, but that was just because, look, it's, you know, a huge wardrobe. She always seemed to be, she never looked like, she never looked like she was out of place. Whereas... Unlike Stephen the Tit in his... Yeah. But I, uniform. Yeah, but, I, but I, no matter where it was, like, it was just always, she seemed, and like, I know that might sound like a bit of a stupid strength, like, but at the same time, if you know where you're going, you know where you're landing, and you dress to blend into the society, you know, go you. Smart move. um oh yeah so the savages um i had it as number two because we get to see the shades of barbara in the sense of this potential threat is coming towards me but it's uh he has collapsed the right thing to do is to look after him you know to care for this poor individual uh um, as we said like she's very astute she like no fool her there's something you know uh, going on here and as well the gutsy performance like when the lab techs are trying to corner her and she just again as I said I'll, I'll smash the whole thing if I have to until I get my answers so that's we we got like a bright flare of who Dodo could be as a character and unfortunately then for the rest of it is because it's the Stephen's outgoing story they're trying to uh, focus on that now I know that I rag a bit on this on her performance in the Celestial Toymaker but there's a lot I think now, as I said, don't get me wrong, her empathy towards them at the start is very noble and it's very understandable that she would try and uh, help me help you, kind of quid pro quo type thing. You know? It's only towards, after repeatedly being shown that they're not in the same mindset as you, that's where I, Paddy, would try and rein it back in. But um, I think one thing that's really telling of Dodo in that is they have a 50-50 shot at getting out there and so she decides to sit in the chair. Now, I'd like to believe that in her head she knows that, well, we just we just need to find the TARDIS to, to win, essentially. 
but she's more than willing to risk herself so that Stephen and the Doctor will be safe. And I think that's, like, it's a very brave thing to do because you've seen the damage that some of these chairs can do and they're not all doing the same thing. So you can't really prepare yourself for what may come. So that leap into the unknown, I think, is a really, really strong moment from Dodo. Yeah, no, I'd agree. Uh, So, and in relation to the massacre... I, while it is a good showing for like an incoming character, I wouldn't have put it into this list because it's at the end of someone else's story as such. So I was kind of like trying to uh, more so focus on the ones where she was part of a bigger thing and trying to find the moments there. But I will say like that, it like it is a good kind of intro for a newcoming character. Cool. So then we have her <laughs> worst episodes. So I have two. What are, what are your number two and number one? So, least worst yeah. is the gunfighters. Right. And worst worst is the fucking war machines. <laughs> Again, we're switched because I've got the war machines as <laughs> second worst and the gunfighters as the worst. Okay, you go first this time. Okay, so the war machines, as I said earlier on, she, she serves no purpose other than to drive the plot. And then she's, because of uh, contract reasons behind the scenes, the character of Dodo is removed from the entirety of the story. And as I said, in terms of a character, her letter to the doctor, or no, she doesn't even write a letter to the doctor. Her message to the doctor is pretty much a, you know, thanks Thanks for the lift. Yeah, thanks for the lift type mentality. And... I I went like in the in War Machines. I discussed like that. I think a much better ending would have heard, had would have been for her to write a letter to the Doctor, and for the Doctor then to react to that, as opposed to him walking away with this poor view of her, because he does walk away a bit angry. Now he probably will reflect later on, but still, but that all comes in you know silver medal position behind the gunfighters, because. She is complete and utter cliche in this story. It's like, I don't like, you know, we've got that kind of weird case of Stockholm Syndrome where she's like doing Kate's hair. Um, like the one shining moment that she may have is where she kind of holds the gun on Doc Holiday, But then the, the minute she finds out that he had a gun on her, she faints. Like after the fact, not even during the, it was after the fact. And it's just like, it was such a, like I... As I said, as I gave my score, I do not like the gunfighters one bit, with the exception of maybe William Hartnell's comedic acting. That's about it. And yeah, so no, just like, I don't think the gunfighters are really is a really good representation, other than her impeccable fashion sense. <laughs> yeah. So my take on the gunfighters is I also hate it yeah. as a story. In relation to Dodo, though, because I said this at the time. She was such a fucking dingus in the way that she acted. Like, she didn't have to go with Doc Holliday and Kate. There was, there was, they weren't fucking forcing her, like, mm. do you know what I mean? She could have easily left at any time, but she didn't. I think the reason why I have it in the number two spot is, again, there were enough glimpses of who she was for the war machines to be worse. <laughs> so okay. like we have at the beginning yeah she gets really excited about being in the old west and things like that 
But, you know, she tries to dress accordingly. You know, maybe a little bit cliched, but she tries to dress accordingly. And she's she tones it the fuck down compared to Stephen, who goes all the way up to 90, mm. like an idiot. And while I think she's effectively removed from the story for most of it, the thing with her Stockholm Syndrome-esque thing is that at the end, she does save Doc Holliday. Do you know? Mm. And I like to think she realised that he's a bad person as like an individual, but he's not a villainous person. Do you know? Like he's out for his own gain, but you know, he could have easily killed her at any point and he didn't. And, you know, yeah, it may have been for his own gain that he wanted to go back to Tombstone or whatever, but he could have done anything to her and he didn't. And so she sort of took that and said, okay, Grant, he's not as bad as he maybe could have been. With the war machines. Yes. It was her final story. Mm. And literally five minutes in, we start to see her get hypnotized. And she drives the plot for maybe five minutes. Yeah. Do you know? Because we also had the... What was his name? Wotan. Professor Brent or whatever his oh, name was. Yeah, Brett. Yeah. We also had him being hypnotized. So that was already happening in mm. the story. We see what that does to someone. So the only thing she really contributed was under hypnosis so it wasn't Dodo hmm. trying to hypnotize the doctor and then being a fucking idiot and not realizing it didn't work and then she's shipped off to the country we don't hear anything from her and like you said like the whole fact that she just said like thanks for the lift at the end of it is just so against the character that we have seen you know while she didn't have a lot of scenes with the doctor throughout her entire run you could tell in the scenes that they did have that she felt a great yeah. deal of affection for him. And, you know, again, we see it in the gunfighters when, you know, he's sort of being all belligerent because he has a toothache. And, you know, he's making fun of their clothes. And he's like, that hat won't work with your outfit. And she's like, it's not for me. It's for you. Okay. Uh, I'll, yeah, no, I'll swap him around. Like, uh, yeah, the, the war- <laughs> you don't no, have to. No, no, like, no, no, like you're kind of saying that kind of stuff. Like, the War Machines is probably the worst of the two because, like, the, yeah, like, there is those t- two moments in Gunfighters like, where, yeah, she saves Doc Holiday and she does show genuine concern for the Doctor versus the War Machines where it's just, yeah, no. <laughs> also, she starts out dumb in the War Machines and I hate when people start out dumb. Why are you putting an out of service slide on the TARDIS? So people like you don't wander in, Dodo. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's exactly the reason why he's doing it. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's actually kind of interesting. Like for like and for what we kind of kind of term to be like a non character, we've actually spoken quite a bit about her. So <laughs> I think you and I could speak quite a bit about anything though. That's true. <laughs> Did you have any overall thoughts on Dodo? I think Dodo, okay, I've, I mentioned before that I think Dodo's exit is a shocking indictment of the writers at the time that they don't know how to handle a mid-contract or like a mid-story contractual ending. Yeah. 
which is a shame because like some of the writing that we've seen in Doctor Who up until now has been some of the best serialized storytelling, both be it science fiction or drama that we that I've seen, and that like given the choice of you know a modern sh- a modern science fiction show versus some Doctor Who stuff, I would probably go back and watch Doctor Who uh, because of how good the character writing is. Um, so I think Dodo Dodo is Dodo's a representation of not knowing how to write a female character I think or a strong female character because Mm. like we've had it's just such a jarring experience after having come through Susan and Barbara and Vicky and Sarah Katarina unfortunately didn't get enough development to enter into the 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 equation proper um but it's just such a jarring experience that it's almost like a you know when a when a a vinyl record skips yeah, and that's such a shame because for a character that was brimming with potential that we only get to see bright like you know a couple of flares of it every now and again it's again as I say it's not the type of legacy you'd want to leave behind I think for me what's really unfortunate is that when you first meet her she is so different from the companions we've seen before mm. and it gets you really excited for what this new sort of era of companions is going to be and then there's no follow through she just does not stand out when you put her next to Stephen no who just absorbs attention good or bad you can't help but pay attention to him yeah and I think what she lacked was something that made her uniquely dodo Mm. I mean we just said it earlier on we see her Barbara shining through. It shouldn't be her Barbara shining through. It should be yeah, her Dodo. Dodo. Yeah. And they took away what made her unique and interesting, which was that she was very brash and, you know, wouldn't put up with people's guff. They took that away from her. So there was nothing that made her unique. And it was like they were trying to do that deliberately in the way that Stephen would describe her. You know, like, he described her like she was a klutz and she was always getting into trouble. Mm. And that at least would have been interesting. But instead, she does nothing. Like, if she was a klutz, that would have been a thing. Yeah. But she wasn't. The thing as well is that Dodo was, like, I think she, I would like to, I would consider her to be, like, a new gateway type companion because Mm. she's from a contemporary time. Yeah. And unlike Barbara... She's an she's like the every girl. She's like a work. Yeah. She seems to come across like a working class girl that a lot of, I suppose, female fans at the time could have really empathized with because Vicky, yeah, she's a teenager, but she's also from the future where things are very very different. The same way with Susan, they weren't proper teenage girls. Whereas with Dodo, it felt like no, we can try and bring that sort of thing into it, and we and we see it, you know, in companions to come. They represent the female role, like uh, no, I would say a more positive and progressive version of the female character at the time. Yeah, well, like, we already see that with Polly, you know. Oh yeah, but I, I in but the I, War Machines, Polly is very much someone that young women can relate to. She's very much a modern girl and stuff like that. And yeah, I, I would agree with you that Dodo could have and should have been that. Yeah, she she should have been what Polly what Polly is. Particularly because, like you know, you mentioned that like obviously Vicky's 
a teenager from space. So mm-hmm. while you can relate to her a little bit, it is quite difficult at times, I imagine, for younger audiences to relate to her. Mm-hmm. Barbara is the only other contemporary female that we see on the show. And she was written and cast to be the mother figure. That was the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it's not that Barbara was done wrong. Barbara yeah. was Barbara. She was meant to be motherly. That was the point. Um, and Susan, well, the first episode is called An Unearthly Child. Do you know, it's <laughs> she's not meant to be relatable in, in that in quite in that sense. So, yeah, I think they, they took away everything that would have made her interesting mm-hmm. and unique. And we were left with a cliche that is quickly forgotten. The Doctor Stephen. And My voice is broken. <laughs> that wasn't intended. Join the adventures of the Doctor Stephen and female. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it's an, it's an awful shame. It really is. Because you 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 want to give a character like a proper fair shake before you can judge them properly. And like again, we as we all said, like these ramblings are just our thoughts on these characters. And like some some of them we really like, some of them we're not so big fans of. And unfortunately, with Dodo, I think it's kind of hard to say whether I like her or don't like her because she's just not there enough for me to make an ac- accurate depiction. I would class Dodo as she's like a guest character that you really like. Yeah, that pops up for a couple of episodes and then buggers off again. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying to think of a good comparison. Um. And I, I really can't think of one. Reg Barkley. Or Vedic Burial or someone that just pops up for a little while. You like them, but they don't get really to know anything much about them. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I can't really think of anyone else from <laughs> any other. Uh, um, the lawyer guy from Battlestar Galactica. Um, Roman Lampkin. That yeah. Was it. Oh, that's Mark Shepard. Like, Mark Shepard is just automatically awesome at everything that he ever yeah, does that's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh i love mark shepherd um so we'll I, get to him eventually we, we will <laughs> d- down the line but i'm pretty sure we'll probably make a lot more analogies to mark shepherd as time goes on <laughs> probably. and his dad as well um so uh i think that just about wraps up this rambling for dodo what do you think yeah i would agree um so as always guys uh we are back to our regularly scheduled programming on monday and we will be discussing the first adventure of the brand new crew in the smugglers see you then well speak to you then (laughs) (laughs) it's great we they they can visualize us they can visualize